0: Father, Lord, in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus, we put aside all human existence, we put aside all human opinion, we put aside all human thought, we put aside all the ways of the flesh, Lord, we ask that you take complete control of the situation, we ask that you lift us up in the glory, that you educate us, and strengthen us, and mature us, and purify us my god for your will and for your purpose my god not for our personal pleasures but for your ever increasing glory and the advancement of the kingdom of your son jesus christ our love my god for you is unparalleled with anything else on this planet and where there is anything that rivals our love for you we go to war with it, with it my god that we might be able to have the victory in saying you are first and foremost in every aspect of our life Father God, we pray, my God, that you give us grace. We plead the blood of Jesus, my God. We walk in confidence in Christ Jesus, not confidence in our natural self or confidence in our human being, but confidence in Christ Jesus. We plead the blood over our lives, my God. We humbly submit ourselves in the glory. And Father, we rebuke the fowler for your name's sake, my God, and we stand firm with you. We divide, my God, our consciousness from our sinful nature, and we see our sinful nature as this corrupt element that tries to erode the very nature of our character. Father God, may we embrace the holiness which is Jesus Christ in everything we do. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Have mercy on our mortal souls, Lord. Have mercy on us, Father. Mercy, mercy, knowing that you are holy and we are but flesh, only but a breath exists in our nostrils. But you, my God, the infinite, glorious God, are over all things. How fragile we are in comparison to you, Father. Have mercy on us. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ, my God, as our justification. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ as our right of entry, as our passage way to you, Father God. And we, we applaud the church that you have created, Lord. We applaud the bride, my God, as she is now being made more pure and more perfect before him, that she might be presented to him as a radiant church without spot or blemish, washed by the word. May our spirits be in alignment with you. May our hearts and our minds be in alignment with you. May our souls be in alignment with you, my God. And whatever was past, may it continue to be past. And whatever is present, may it be completely devoted to you. And whatever is future, may it fall into the destiny that you have ordained for it. And may you make for us, my God, a glorious destiny to be part of the first fruits of the kingdom. Father, we pray these things as we pray for all things in Jesus' mighty name. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of God? Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. And so um, I'm going to apologize on this recording. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize for Sister, sister Evans, who was, who was on here bright and early. There were a few of you on here bright and early. And, and then you jumped off because you saw so I wasn't on. I was having some technical difficulty, but we got it worked out. And then on top of that, um, on the weekends, we're actually supposed to be doing the Bible study. So the manna weekend Bible study was supposed to continue. And the everyday in the temple courts was only supposed to be Monday through Friday. But because I really didn't communicate that with you, we are going to do an Every Day in the Temple Courts today, but just realize next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we'll be picking up, back up where we were in the Old Testament and New Testament to go through the Bible. Okay, so the idea of that weekend manna Bible study was to go through the whole Word of God. So that's going to continue, and Monday through Friday will be Every Day in the Temple Courts. Moving forward, I want to make sure everybody understands that. But anyway, we're in John chapter 6, verse 63, and... We want to get back into this place in the spirit realm where we're focused on the things of god where our mind every morning this is a this is a thing we have to do we have to pick up our cross every single day and come back into alignment with the things of god and so we're in john chapter 6 the 63rd verse and it says the spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing remember we're in this no confidence in the flesh season And that's a season we'll never leave. We we can never put confidence in the flesh, the flesh, the flesh. We can never put confidence in the flesh and be in Jesus Christ completely. Wherever there is confidence in the flesh, there's a separation from being in Jesus Christ. And so our goal at every increasing glory is to put less and less confidence in the flesh. Is that what's happening in your life? Are you putting less and less confidence in the flesh as you learn to walk by the Spirit? You know, I recently was dealing with a brother, this brother, well, I can't really call him my brother because he says that there's no God and there's no Jesus, but he used to be in the church and he used to be a pastor and he used to lead in ministry. And now he says he discovered that all of it's a lie, none of it's true, there is no God. And I told him, I said, well, you were never really a Christian. What you were was somebody practicing the religious movements of Christianity but you never actually came in contact with God's Spirit. Well, how do you know that? Because you said that there's no God. So no one who's ever come in contact with God's Spirit comes back with, there's no God. Even the demons know there is a God and they shudder. So it's just amazing that this happens, but why it happens is that while we're learning to walk by the Spirit, we can't just drop the flesh like a bad habit. It takes time, right? It's a process. The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing is a lifelong education, right? You can't just say, okay, the spirit gives life, flesh counts for nothing, drop in the flesh, boom, that's it, I'm following the spirit. No, because you haven't developed enough relationship with Jesus to know how to follow the spirit. You don't know how to hear God's voice at every level of glory. So there's this stripping process. It's like peeling an onion back. And so you're you're constantly stripping off these flesh consciousnesses as you're growing in your spirit consciousness. This is why a lot of people uh, slam, uh, and this is what I'm talking about with this man. He evidently tried to apply the scriptures without having the actual relationship and just trying to legalistically follow this word, but you can't follow this word legalistically. You've got to follow it spiritually in relationship. And so the spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. It's a lifelong sanctifying process. And how we come in contact with it is abiding in the words of Christ Jesus. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and they our life and then he said yet some of you who yet there are some of you who do not believe so it requires faith right in the words of christ so that you can grow in the spirit so that you can strip the value you're giving to the flesh this is a lifelong endeavor which you go from glory to glory to an ever-increasing glory hallelujah and so in our second flagship scripture, which we're going to be in these scriptures. And so, you know, that's that's this time I read uh, John chapter six, verse 63 and 64, because that's where we are there. But um, we're going to go to Philippians and we're in this. And finally, my brothers rejoice. Have you been rejoicing? Where have you not been rejoicing? Where have you not been rejoicing? Yesterday, I thought I lost the keys to my bike. You know, I, I I do courier work. So I, I ride a bike and it's, a, it's an electric bike and and it, uh, I it's not a motorcycle. And I, I ride around and I do deliveries. And, you know, I've, I've signed up with a different, different delivery companies and I'm doing these deliveries. And so I thought I lost the, my bike keys, which is basically the key to my income. And I started getting frustrated and irritated. In that moment, I wasn't rejoicing. You say, well, no big deal. You just almost lost your keys. Of course, you're not rejoicing. But you see, at every level of glory... Something that wasn't a big deal before now becomes a big deal because as an apostle and now being responsible for playing one of the leadership roles in launching this revival, which is well, well overdue, God always communes with us on an activity. So sometimes activities of the Lord are stymied, not because God's unwilling, but because man's unwilling. He's always co-opting with you. He's always, always communing with us towards a goal and sometimes he has to miraculously push his plan forward because we're too slow to move but sometimes he'll stay still and say no we're not going any further until you're ready so this is what we're doing but we can't do it until you're ready and so god's been spending a lot of years getting me ready and i can't say i've been perf- perfectly cooperative throughout all that time in fact i was probably mostly uncooperative through most of that developmental process so now at this level it does matter. That I wasn't always rejoicing, because I need to rejoice in the Lord and rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So that's not actually in Philippians 3, but most of you are familiar with that scripture, right? It is a scripture. And so it says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Exclamation point. I didn't add that there. It was put in there by the translators. And so are you rejoicing? Or are you walking in shame, guilt, and fear? Are you worried? then let us pray. Pray away your worry. First thing you need to do is put confidence in the Spirit of God. Am I in alignment? Am I in obedience? Am I doing what is appropriate in the eyes of the Lord? If that is the case, and I'm doing everything that God is calling for me to do in the moment, then I'm going to be at peace and I'm going to rejoice. Now, if I'm not in that obedience, then I ought to develop a referential fear of God and come into that obedience so yes brothers and sisters we are called to rejoice and so what part of the day didn't you rejoice is that possibly something you've exalted above the knowledge of God you see it's not a trouble to say these things and to read these things again and again because you can see that each time we read it God goes in a little bit deeper You know, we have this society in which everything has to be new, new this and new that, new this and new that, and everything has to be new. Don't want to see anything old. Everything's got to be new, new styles, new hairdos, new makeup, new clothes, new cars, new sports, (laughs) everything new, 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 new. But God says there's nothing new under the sun. So really what you like is different, different and different and different and different and more different. But the truth of God Is that persistence and consistency in the basic elementary principles is the road to maturity. So on some of that need for newness, you need to learn how to be still. You need to learn how to be still. And some of us, we have um, we have an animosity towards stillness. We, we always got to be on the move. We got to find something new and something exciting. I don't want to be bored. This is mundane. It's the same thing. What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? But if you haven't yet gone to the level of depths in what's fundamental and elementary, then new becomes just different. And you really are going around in a circle. And you're not really making any progress though you feel you are because you keep experiencing these new things. Look at the way God made everything. Everything God made, he made from elementary principles. The simplicity of the atom, electrons, protons, and neutrons. Wow. I don't know whether that hit anybody else, but it hit me. So I'm just sharing. Okay. Everything is built off of these basic fundamental energy elements. Now, they found beneath those elements, there are other energy elements at work as well, but all of them work off of some basic fundamental simple principles and almost every and everything that we know of, every complicated thing we know of is built off of fundamental elementary principles. For the sake of not having good foundation in elementary principles, in our habits and ways and style, is the reason why we might be struggling in certain ascensions because we have not learned how to abide in the Spirit on certain elementary principles on a consistent and persistent basis to create the momentum to build the complicated developments that we're seeking. I can't say that again. You'll have to listen to the recording. And so Paul goes on to explain how he doesn't consider anything that he has to any profit. And to watch out for people who boast in themselves people who boast in themselves watch out for them for they'll look to try to get you to boast in yourself too but i who had a right to boast in myself don't boast in myself at all i consider any boasting i could do about my natural ability to be of no value and a complete loss for the sake of christ jesus for in christ jesus i am found that I lost everything in the natural, that I might come to gain and understand him. I consider everything in the natural pure garbage in comparison to coming to know the perfection of Christ. Now, if anybody had a reason to boast, I, Paul, had a greater reason, yet I see myself thinking like this. Now, even though I think like this, I haven't perfectly applied it. It is a theology of my heart and mind, but not a perfection in my practice. And so though I haven't perfected myself in the practice of brokenness, in the practice of considering everything rubbish, <clears throat> that I might come to know Jesus, since I haven't succeeded that in the pra- as a practice, there's one thing I'm constantly doing. I'm pressing on and I'm straining ahead. Okay. And for the sake of those who haven't been with us each week, listening to everything, I will read it. Finally, my brothers rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, as it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. For if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews in regards to the law, a Pharisee, and as for zeal, I persecuted the church. Now, as for legalistic righteousness, I was faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss in comparison to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things." I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to obtain to the resurrection from the dead not that I've already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ has took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to taking hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize from which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, all of us who are mature should take such a view. Are you letting go of the past, pressing on and straining towards the things ahead? Are you allowing past fears and past issues to control your consciousness? You see, as we go through this every day in the temple courts, we've got to get down some basic teachings. And it's not about what we think or what we want or what we like. It's about, when you decided to become a Christian, you admitted that you were flawed, broken, unable, and incomplete, and unable to save yourself. And you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. So for him to save you as your Lord, you have to look to come into obedience to him, not into obedience to your feelings, not in obedience to your opinions, not in obedience to your own mindset. You're, you're, you're surrendering, you're offering your life as a living sacrifice. Your holy act of worship is the surrender of your life. A lot of the greatest worshipers, right, are always in this surrender posture. Their heart is always in a surrender posture. I think this is why women take to the kingdom a little bit more sometimes than men, because men see surrender as a sign of defeat, and women are often surrendering. They surrender their body to a man. They surrender their body to bear children. (laughs) You know, they surrender their life to raise children. Women live a life of surrender. I think in the world, even in the world, a lot of women live a life of surrender, though now we have a lot of women that want to live like men. But there was a season in culture where women lived a life of surrender. Well, a lot of men, they tried to live a life as being the king of the castle, okay? And so the word surrender doesn't appeal to them too much. But to be a Christian, you have to surrender. You have to see your flaw, your ineptitude, and then want Jesus to fill you with his righteousness. And so you're always surrendering and resurrendering at every level of glory, you're growing in your wisdom of surrender to the ever increasing glory. And anyone who's done this in righteousness, in the spirit can testify I was better when I surrendered than when I was in charge. Until you've come to that revelation, you're still in an adolescency. See, this this gentleman who would be—I mention his name because I, I don't want to what he says. I don't want to. I don't want to gaslight him. Okay, all right. And so I'm not going to mention his name. But this particular brother—he—he he didn't surrender until he saw the testimony. That's the problem. And what's scary is he got to the place of pastor without surrendering until he sees the testimony. See, the testimony of faith, faith produces facts. Faith is built on facts that produce facts. You say, anybody who believes in me shall receive eternal life. And when he believes in me, I shall come and be with him. And he shall know me. And I shall know him. And he shall gain everlasting life. And he shall gain also even in this life a shalom and a peace of Christ Jesus. So what you're doing is you're surrendering and resurrendering until, until a day dawns, until a morning star rises in your heart. So the fact is, Christ said, do this and you'll get this outcome. So you don't set the timetable on how long you do it. You do it until, until the revelation hits. And so when the revelation hits, now that fact of what he said, which you exercise faith in, then produced Results, those results are new facts from which new faith can be built on. Most people walk around with a very adolescent, empty faith. Faith is not built on nothing. Faith is built on facts that produce facts, that build faith to produce more facts, and that's how you get an ever-increasing faith. The one thing I do, letting go of what's behind, training, which means effort, towards what's ahead, To lay hold of whom he who has already laid hold of me. The spirit is everything. The flesh counts for nothing. So as I grow in the spirit, I release the flesh. I don't release the flesh until I grow in the spirit, and I grow in the spirit by participating in my consecrations. The devil is an author of confusion. He likes to distort and reprioritize things so that they don't work like they're supposed to. And a lot of us are in God and we were never taught the process of growing in faith. We thought the process of growing in faith was giving up sexing, giving up smoking, giving up drinking, giving up this and giving up that and giving up this and giving up that and obeying the pastor and showing up at the church. Now, I'm not saying that all those moral movements aren't good moral movements. What I'm saying is there's a way to do it in the natural and there's a way to do it in the spiritual. And the way it's done in the spiritual is that you pray, worship, fast, fellowship. Prayer, fasting, worship, word, fellowship. Those are those five consecrations. And you abide in those consecrations until you get a spiritual revelation that gives you the strength and the power to release the flesh. And then you release the flesh as your act of holy obedience, as you continue to surrender and resurrender yourself to the wisdom of the spirit, which was what you were originally designed for in the first place. For Adam and Eve were naked in the garden without sin. And the garden was paradise. And they felt no shame. And this was when they were completely surrendered. Satan is the one that said, pick up your sovereignty. Jesus says, pick up your cross. Hallelujah. Now, for those of us who are understanding these things and are now at that place where we're struggling to bear the fruit of the labor of the understanding of our soul, I have this word for you. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Actually. We're going to start in uh, verse 12. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. That word young can be replaced with anything. Do not let anyone look down on you because you're a woman. Do not let anyone look down on you because you're an old man. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're a young man or a young woman or a male or a female or black or white or ugly or beautiful or fat or skinny. Do not let anyone look down on you because of your natural appearance. Don't let anyone look down on you because of natural things. Don't let anyone look down on you because of carnalities of this world. But set an example for the believers in the way you speak, and in the way you live, and in the way you love, and in the way you exercise your faith, and in your purity. Jesus talking. Paul was talking to Timothy. Jesus is talking now. Until I come. That means until I come back or you pass away, whichever comes first, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to the preaching and the teaching. So devote yourself to the field of office that God has assigned you and do not neglect the gift of God, which is placed in you by prophetic message. When the body of elders laid their hands upon you, be diligent in these matters and give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress, watch your life and your doctrine closely, and be persevering in them. If you do, you will then save yourself and your hearers. You see, we're called to abide in this consciousness until a testimony is produced so that the onlookers, can see the progress and that progress when it's persevered in wins hearts minds and souls do not be frustrated just keep raising the anointing keep going from glory to glory and at some glory those who are destined to understand will understand they will see they will repent and they will come to god that's your children your family members, your neighbors, your community. Don't worry about what people think about you. Stay focused on the assignment and keep raising the standard of the anointing. Persevere in the wisdom. One thing you do, you haven't accomplished everything yet, but one thing you do, let go of what's behind and press on and strain towards what's ahead until the full glory of God rises up in you. The peace and the love of Christ Jesus overshadows you. Hallelujah. Father Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your special name among men. We ask that you continue to move in us, my God, in a powerful way, continue to sanctify us and purify us, that we might be able to stand in the righteousness and the truth of Christ Jesus. We plead the blood, Father God, and we stand confidently. We rebuke, my God, the Fowler for your namesake. We rebuke shame, guilt, fear, and insecurity. The enemy works very powerfully in insecurity. I pray against all spirits of insecurity. I pray, Father God, that you continue to sanctify the saints and continue to build the testimony in their life that gives them the courage to go onward to the next glory. I pray these things, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. 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 Praise God, saints. Have a great morning. You all too.